Hello, Inspi family. Thank you so much for joining us again on this episode of the Inspi Words podcast. As promised, I am bringing you one of the authors, South African authors, who has written an incredible book. One of the things I want to do is to make this a platform for South African authors, especially self-published authors, to cultivate a culture of reading. You would remember one of the episodes that we did on cultivating a culture of reading. And now I'm bringing you one of the authors who has written an incredible book. It's titled Often with Leaving Parents. Her name is Vanessa Neomatope. Welcome to the Inspirates podcast, Neo. Thank you, Dr. Ndava. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for this piece. It's, it really is a masterpiece. Um, it's titled Often with Leaving Parents. The title itself says, read me. <laughs> the title itself says, read me. Because we never really associate being often with someone who has living parents. Yes. So it's quite a, an incredible contrast, yeah. um, even on the actual you know, title. Please tell me, um, what was it that inspired the choice of words? I guess I've always felt like I was an orphan, you know, despite both my parents being alive when I was mm. younger. Just before I turned 10, I had the both of them together. I, I was never really in the same house with the two of them long enough to even form a bond with either one of them. Mm. So yeah, it has always been that thing that... Mm. <laughs> tell tell, tell um, us the story then. Tell us the story that inspired the, the book. Because the book. for me, when I read this, it was quite... Uh, mind-blowing as we were coming in, I was saying, this is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's how mind-blowing the story is. And it seems like uh, it's it's a deep story and it's quite a moving story. Please just give us the background of, of the whole story and then we'll take it from there. Oh, okay. I think before I became a mother, mm. it, it, it never like bothered me that mm -hmm. my parents were absent. I, I, I thought I had flushed them off my system and I thought I was okay. And then in 2013, I, 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 beca I became a mother. Mm. So as my daughter got older, she started asking me questions. Mommy, mm. how is it possible that daddy has his mom and his dad and the grandmother, and you only have Kokomaji. At first, I, I, I thought, let me just give her something. She'll stop asking. <laughs> so I, I said, both my parents died when I was 10 years old. Mm. So she she came back again, and she said, Mommy, 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 it's Easter. We must go and take flowers to your parents' graves. Mm. But only my mom had passed on. <laughs> my dad is still alive. So now I had to explain where was the other grave. Now my lies are catching up with me. But what so, happened? What what got you to the point where you would tell your child that your parents, both your parents, had died when only your mother had yeah. passed away? What happened? I have never really had a relationship with my father. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I have, yeah, it's his face really, because people that know my father. They can tell when they look at me like, hey, are you mm. from Bapong? We know you're dead. <laughs> I'm, like, <"No." laughs> I'm like, no, 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 I'm not. But yeah, I'm, I'm just one of those weird people that I look like my mother and like I look like my dad. Because mm. the people who know my mother, when they look at me, they say, oh, 
And then when I see somebody who knows my dad, like, I feel like I've seen you before. Are you mm. so-and-so's child? And I'm always like, no. Then they ask for my surname and I say, it's my top. And they'll be like, you know, if Nolimusupi would swear, this oh. guy is your father. Oh, so you don't use uh, your father's surname? No, no. I got married. So I'm using my husband's ah, surname. Yeah, so. But before then, did you use your father's surname? I, I did. Okay. But even then, you know, with surnames, you always get people that I could be Musupi, but be from a different place yeah, yeah. all together. So even when people saw that, like Musubi, and they saw my face and they still needed confirmation from me, Jorge, mm. are you Constable Musubi's child? And I was like, no. I said, that's, that's strange. That's mm. weird because like, it looks so much like him. Mm. It's like, no, I don't, I don't know him. Because I, I, I did try to, to, to have a relationship with him. You know, in your teenage years, you, you mm. feel like, I need my dad. I need, I need. Mm. Like with my first graduation in 2009, I graduated from Boston Business College and I called him. I was happy. I was a top student. I'm like, yo, Papa, I thought he was going to be proud. Mm. The first thing he said was, I don't have money. So I said, I'll send you money to Ish. come to the graduation. And then he said, no, I'm not coming. I'm really busy. Ish. Or, so I was like, okay. So I got a job in 2009 and people felt like it was a fancy job. Mm. So again, I went and I called him like, yo, Papa, I got a job. I'm now staying in Centurion. He was like, okay. Like, why are you telling me all this? Mm. <laughs> so I, I was like, okay, maybe I'm bothering this person. Yeah. So I got to a point where I was like, I'm done. I'm not going to call him anymore. Mm. I'm done with him. In 2013, I I bought my first car, mm. and I had that urge to call him again to say, "Yeah, Papa, I bought a car," but something in me said, "Don't." Ish. So I didn't call him. But one of my aunts, my my mother's cousins, stays Kolekhabila with mm. us, so they talk, and he would come even when he was not coming to see me. He would go and sleep over there. Mm. And spend time there. And then somebody would tell you, okay, what is that? Okay. <laughs> that's, that's just weird. Because both my mom and dad, they stayed not too far away from my grandmother's house mm. where I was staying. But why were you staying but with your grandmother? The story that my grandmother told me, mm. if I was dead, she had to take me from my mother, mm. when I was three months old because my dad was hitting her. Mm. So she was trying to make sure that I don't get... Exposed to... Or caught in that fight because yeah. one of the things that she told me about him was that when my mother was pregnant, he would smoke in a room. So I was born with asthma. Because of that. Because of that. So it's the only, only thing really that I, I knew about him when I was growing up because every time I'd get an asthma attack, my grandmother would get so upset. Like, them. I'm waking up in the middle of the night because of him. Mm. So, but that's the only time you'd ever hear her mention his name when you ask it's something else. It's like when, a no-go zone. Yes, you don't talk when, about that. Yeah, yet. when she wants to mention him, should do it. But then when you ask her, 
But it also What's seems the real story from the book. <laughs> like, from the book, it also seems that whenever his name is mentioned by the grandmother, it would be at a time when she's angry about yes, something that yes, has happened. Yes. That's know? the only only time you get to hear my mm. mother's name. Like. The other thing for me that was quite um, that really took my attention in reading this book is that throughout the book, it seemed like you had a lot of anger towards your mother and not really your dad. Mm. What? Is it about the relationship with your mother that made you so angry as a young, you know, young lady? I think, you know, Banababastana, we all we all want to be a mommy's best friend. Mm. I've I've seen it with my own daughter. Like I said, before I had a child, it it never really bothered me. Mm. So after I gave birth, I was sitting there in that hospital bed and I look at my child and she looks so much like my husband. And I'm thinking Mm. What am I going to do if this man leaves? Am I going to hate my child like my mother hated me? I think in that moment, in that hospital bed, that's when I started to go through the emotions of that little child to say, this can't be happening. Couldn't mm. she look like me? Ish. Then when I look at her, I see me. Jorge, however this marriage goes, she's my child. Now she has this man's face. What's going to happen? Because I've always felt like the reason... My mother couldn't stand me was because mm. I looked a lot like my dad when I was young. As you can see on that picture, I don't mm. look like her there. Mm, mm. I was just a, a replica of my dad. So I, I, I felt like when she looked at me, she felt like if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be in this situation. So we, we, we never really had a relationship. Even when she came to my grandmother's house to nurse her bruises that mm. my dad had given her, mm. You know, when somebody looks at you with hatred, you, mm. you can feel it. Even as a child, when they see somebody, even if that person is not related to them, they want to talk, they want to touch, should maybe push you or just make it very clear that I do not want you close to me. Mm. Uh, so I've always had that, yo, what have I done to this woman? Why does she hate me so much? Mm. I think for me, the, the, the last straw was on the day that she took her own life. Because she, she was lying in a bed and then I got there, I got excited and I wanted to hug her. I got on the same bed and she snapped. She mm. like she yo, she snapped. Yeah. So I went and I cried, I cried. And I was like, I hope this time she dies for real. Because I had wished yeah. many times before. Yeah, then, you do say this in yeah, the book. That, yeah. You know, like sometimes she'd do something and I would look at her and I would make believe and like, I hope she dies. I hope she dies. I hope she dies. Mm. And then when I'm calm, I'd be like, but if she dies, I won't see my grandmothers anymore. Because mm. my grandmother and her sisters, they had a close relationship. Every time these two had fought, they would come mm. back like that elderly advice. Like, no, hey, you need yeah. to go back. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, talk, talk to me about the marriage. Because mm -hmm. I, I think there is something about your mother's marriage and your father's marriage that really impacted you quite strongly and we will go there just briefly talk to to me about your father's marriage and what you saw in that i i don't think that thing qualifies to be called a marriage <laughs> honestly yo <laughs> no like really when you you become a wife and you become a mother mm. and then you start comparing the two Jorge, how did it make sense to my mother that it was okay to give me away mm. and stay in this marriage. You shouldn't have to choose between being your mother or being your wife. Mm. 
mm. if you can have it both just be a mother no like really that's how i feel now mm. oh. so from that marriage i've always had this thing i i felt like it it comes with a lot of sacrifice especially from the woman's side mm. i've always felt like had my mom at least had a job or some sort of an education she could have walked away mm. because the only thing that she had was being married to a policeman mm. and it was a big thing for her if that was to be taken away from her she felt like she was nothing mm. so for now i wanted to be educated more than anything <laughs> like you said that my about the author page is very long yeah 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 mm. i got my first job when i was in grade 11 mm. so i i never had to ask anybody please give me money to do my hair or my nails i've always had a job i've always studied mm. because if you have those two things then lenyalo doesn't define you mm. when it goes bad you just walk and she had to stay in it because it was the only thing and you you talk about this in the book mm. i want to read um on page 190 Okay. Um because for me this part which is what you're just narrating now tells us the impact of what children would see between their parents. Yes. And parents never think about that when they do their fights. They And they never do. It, it's such a long-lasting impact. Here you speak about how it affected even um how you view marriage itself, how you interacted with boys and what happened to you when your boyfriend proposed to you and she, he wanted you to be his wife and that was quite a shock for you so i want to read um on page 119 and it speaks about your mother and it says she was led to believe that being mrs musupi was the greatest honor and symbol of success she could ever be able to accomplish when i had that i hated the idea of being so called mrs so this is now how the 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 relationship of the parents the marriage of the parents affect affected your perception of marriage mm. and it says here i made a promise to myself that the only title that would ever come be- before my name would be the one that i would have earned academically initially that was the reason why i wanted to become a phd holder so i could be a doctor of some kind however i had to come to acknowledge that I was studying for the wrong reason which is also something very powerful right there because it 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 shows us that getting to this education was a trauma response so it was yes, coming it out was. of a place of emptiness a place of being hurt mm-hmm. and is trying to cover yes. you know a particular hurt and it says my obsession with being educated had stopped me from living my life <laughs> I wanted to finish quickly and become a doctor whilst I was still young that's how I ended up at uh, is it under the under the point because i was after the doctor title talk to us about the 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 traumatic experience like how traumatic it was the fact that you felt that your mother gave you away and abandoned you for this marriage that was not treating her the way she was supposed to be treated Mm-hmm. and you witnessing the pain that she went through she would always come home bruised to nurse her bruises and still go back to that marriage mm-hmm. how did that affect you it kills you <laughs> i won't lie to sure. you like you'd have this pretty face but there's nothing inside of you no life mm-hmm. none whatsoever like i said in the book 
when I I got a job in Centurion and Tato, one of the friends that I had, she said, let's go to church. Because that's how all the good friends that I have in my life do it. They either buy me a Bible on my birthday or they take me to church. <laughs> all of them. All of them. So I was always asking them, how guys, do you feel that I need God? Why are you always giving me Bibles <laughs> or taking me to church? But it, it makes sense because my grandmother was a priest, so I, I guess she must have prayed. Those are the kind of people that yeah, must yeah. be in my life. So the, the, the church that she, she took me to, I thought we were going to church, worship, and, and, but no, we were going to um, some rehab in, 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 in Pretoria. You know, people that were in motor oh, vehicle yes. accident, ah, yeah. Yeah, and they lost their legs and whatever, and they are quadra. Um, what what you know you get somebody that was um, a teacher for example mm. now they are in that rehab because, yes yeah. they're just lying there so the one time we, we we went there like we went every Wednesday but there was just this one particular Wednesday that we went one of the people that we had gone into the awards that we were praying for when we were done he says to me come here Yo. So I went, he says, you know, you have such a beautiful smile. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I feel like there's too much pain in your eyes. You know, even the smile doesn't take away that that is in your eyes. Mm. I, I don't know what it is, but you must go home and pray about it. Next week when you come, you must tell me if you want to talk about it. I go to my room that evening and I, I was just crying. I was crying. I was like, how is it possible, Jorge? People, Baba Limudi wheelchain and people that life has taken so much from them, they mm. still find a way to smile and be happy. And I'm hanging on to something. I never had. Mm. Yes, yes, I never had both my parents come to a school meeting or... I don't even have a picture with the two of them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how bad it was. Like that picture on the cover of the book, we, we had to use technology yeah. just to, to, to make it come to life. Because I don't have I don't have a picture with my mother or with my father or with the two of them together. So I, I was just sitting there and I was thinking, why am I so upset? Mm. And in that moment, obviously, you're not going to get the answers. But I slept it through. And then the next week, we went again. So I I was more open-minded now when I was going there to say, maybe I'm not just coming here to pray for those people. Maybe I'm here because I need to be prayed for. Lena. Mm. Mm. So only when we went to that retreat, the real, real church now, yeah, yeah. The, the young adults um, weekend away. And then I was sitting in that room and everybody was saying, oh, marriage is such a place, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. And I was like, what are these people Yo. talking about? Because remember now, only knew one marriage. Mm, just that The one. model you were exposed that, to that is one, just that completely one. different so, from what they were talking about. Yes, what these people were talking about. And they were young. Like, mm. they, they were like you guys. They were like young couples, nearly the young adults. So you can mm. imagine they were very young. So I would, I would, I would convince myself, ah, it's new love. That's why. <laughs> it's, it's, I would find excuses to say, it's not possible for people to be this happy. 
it's it's because they are young it's because they have money it's because it's because it's because but then when i went back after the mm. retreat I, i don't know what happened like in that retreat I, i cried so much i didn't know i like i could cry as much as i did <laughs> <laughs> and even in that moment i still didn't know what i was crying about mm. but when i got to my room there I, i i looked at my mother's picture and it was like i was seeing a different person all together and for the first time on plumbaka actually so myself like So if I fall pregnant I'm going to be pretty like her. Yeah. Because in that picture she was pregnant but she had a small bum yarn and, mm. and I was like so I'm going to look like this and and I was thinking am I thinking of being pregnant? This yeah. is weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah so for me that was that it's it's very difficult to switch from this thing that you have known for mm. And all of a sudden you see something else and like okay that's that's nice in the beginning of the book we carry this idea as we read that your mother sort of left you and abandoned you she just didn't love you but you were her biological child yes. and you were raised by your grandmother who took you in and raised you as her own child yes. and you even say that to you that is your real mother Mm. and you in the book you refer to your mother as your birth mother and then the grandmother as your mother you we we get to this point in the book where your dad is calling your your grandmother actually is calling you Me, yes asking and telling you that his mother is sick is in the hospital and she would like he would like you to go and and visit yes and then the the grandmother jumps in into that tell us that story What happened in that revelation because I think for me that is when I'm like oh the plot changes now <laughs> because yeah. we had this idea that this lady abandoned you and she hated you but yeah. through that phone call <laughs> and the conversation you had with the grandmother afterwards that's the same thing that Zama said when she was reading the book <laughs> I, I feel like something is missing here you know I can't even change it because I'll be lying that's exactly what happened yeah no so tell tell, tell us that story <laughs> so like I said okay, my dad I can count the number of times that I spoke to him in one hand mm, even sure. now as a 34 year old woman yeah but he 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 always knows what's going on in my life for some strange reason when i It's buy yes when when i buy a new car he knows when i move into a townhouse he knows so he he would call and you know when he calls it's like we've been talking mm. it it feels like he sounds like it's a continuation of something he'd be like hello now ke papa how Okay. Kokwa ha wo nyaka ha shapo. And I was like kokwa ka ke nalena mo because I was with my grandmother. Kinale kokwa ka mo. Like no mama ka ha shapo and wo nyaka re mo bretse hospital. Ba mbuditswa ga one ko kholela yona. Yo. Like it. So obviously when somebody standing not too far from you they can hear, hear what's, what's happening on. on the phone yeah yes so my grandmother grabbed the phone because it sounded like mm. and then she 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 says to him stop calling my child you don't call her for anything you've lost that right and then she hangs up so she she says to me so ofila go yo ke ya no mo you have made it you going back to your dad after Ish. i had raised you 
I was like, no. How did this, you feel about that? This is the first phone call from that guy in a very long time that I've received. Mm. And she says, no, I heard what he said. You've been talking to him. Because there's no way that somebody can call you after five years and say, Mama go kemo. So I said, no. And in that moment, obviously, because this person is the only parent that I've had. Mm. I'm like, how can you say that? But then because I had asked before, what really happened? So because my grandmother had asked her before, she had that thing. You two have been in contact. You've been talking. You want to go to your father now, now that you are educated and you're okay. You want to go mm. back to him. After he abandoned you, you want to go back to him. Mm. So in that moment, she just lost it. And she told me, she said, I do not want you anywhere near that man. So I just kept quiet because that's what I did most of the time when she spoke. Mm. You know how grandmothers are. Mm. She's the adult. You keep quiet. She talks. And that. In, yeah. in, in after that conversation, mm. in the book, we read that it sparked another deep conversation now yes. that came with what you call the great revelations yeah. about what happened <laughs> to your mother. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Um, well, my grandmother said that she did not want me to have a relationship with my dad mm. because the real reason she took me from my mother was because my paternal grandmother was trying to kill me. So she said that I had a twin brother mm. who died when my mother was giving birth to us because she went into labor. She was staying with my other grandmother, my, my father's yeah. father. Yeah. So she just looked at her like, yeah, okay, you're in labor, so what? You know, I think maybe, but they had issues. I made him what he is, so he must work and take care of me. Mm. I think maybe my paternal grandmother was that kind of a person. So, because my father was now going to have his own kids, mm. it meant that my mother was going to be the beneficiary of whatever she thought that my father had. Yeah. So, it was easier for her to just get rid of us, the two of us. But for some strange reason, I made it. Mm. And then my grandmother said, that's why I called you now, because we didn't think that you'd leave. Mm. After what happened, we didn't think that you'd leave. I called you now as in, you are a gift. And the only thing that kept us sane in that moment when your mother told us what happened to her, in a little and just seeing that tiny person and just looking at her and saying, please make it just for us. Mm. So when she told me that, obviously now, I've already hated my mother for so long. Yeah. That's not the story that I got initially. They said to me, I took you because your dad was hitting your mother. So mm. if I was the only child, that would make sense. But I have a brother and a sister. When I was looking at it, me staying with my grandmother, these ones are not living with us. I was maybe it my made dad no is sense. Not, yeah, I was thinking, it's not really about removing yes, us. Yes, it's know, not about the It's and, not about the fight. This woman just doesn't like me. She just doesn't want me. At some point I thought to myself, maybe I'm not my father's child. That's mm. why I'm not staying there. And so, then looking at the age gap, I thought, ah, just an oops, baby. So it yo. makes sense. These people had forgotten how to raise kids. So when you get told, obviously I spent so much time of my life thinking, mm. 
she doesn't want me they don't want me and did did the, the revelation that it was not actually the fact that your mother hated you it's not like she gave you away or abandoned you but mm. your grandmother is the one who, who took you from the mother mm. and because for me that's like a twist of the plot altogether yeah. and i'm like <laughs> What what happens now? Yeah. Did that change how you felt about your mother? It 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 didn't honestly. It didn't. Mamaka never really made an effort to to, mm. to have a relationship with me. Um, I, I did say in the book, oh, you know, I I was a sickly baby when I was growing up. I'd have asthma attacks left, right, and center, and my grandmother was against me using asthma pumps because somebody said to her they're gonna kill me. Mm. So I was sick too often my mother didn't come she she was just she was staying a walking distance from us and one of her cousins he was still in high school he got arrested in Taung when they went there for a school yes, trip i remember that story she took book. i don't know how many taxis to get to Taung to post bail for that cousin so i said to my grandmother how does your child travel from here and yet she never comes here at one check. Mm. When I graduated go coaching, my, my mother was not there. Mm. Even when the teacher would give me a letter and say, bring a parent, and she was at home nursing her bruises, she would never go with me to school. And she would go to post bail for somebody. So for now, I felt like, you know, there is no story that could justify Jorge. Why? Why she never made an effort to have a relationship with me? So and and now, you have, you have this thing that you are finding out about your mother, and um, did it all? Did it change your relationship with your grandmother? I don't think there's anything that could happen that could make my grandmother look like a bad person. Okay. Like nothing at all. Eh? You know, one of the things that. A lot of people told me that I found very difficult to believe because, you know, we, we read and we are educated was that when my grandmother took me from my mother, because when I'm breastfeeding my mother and I was still so young, mm. I was crying the whole time and she couldn't get me to keep quiet. So, she thought the milk wouldn't come out because she was never pregnant. But how often I wanted to to feed and then she checked, there was milk in my mouth. And she was yeah. thinking, Lord, what is this? So I think for me, connection with mm. her is just as deep as what I would have had with my mother who gave birth to me. Sure. Maybe had we been in a room long enough for something to form a bond. Mm. Mamaka wanted nothing to do with me. Okay. Nothing, so you, nothing. You, you, you keep going back to <laughs> Nothing. And, <laughs> yeah. and even in the book, uh, yeah. as I was saying earlier in the beginning, one thing I found strange was that the whole book until like chapter nine, mm. it's, 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 it's about your experience of living without your mother. Yes. But your father was there and you don't say anything about your father. You don't talk about your father not taking you to teacher parent meetings you don't talk about your father not coming to check you because as much as your mother lived a walking distance away from you even your dad mm. because they lived together mm. how how do you explain that i think because papaka has always been painted as this 
bad person. Ah. Linda, I thought by being away from him, I'm protecting myself. You know, if the first thing that you learn as a child, your dad gave you asthma. Ish. It's painful. asthma. Uh, so when you get that attack, the first thing that comes is Papa gave me this. Mm. So I, I, I started off, I think, resenting him. And I got to a point where I just completely flushed him off my system because I had way too many asthma attacks. And you keep on saying in the book, he's dead <laughs> to me. <laughs> no, like he is. <laughs> and for some strange reason, um, he 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 remembered that he has a child, and sure. he came to my grandmother's house, and my daughter was there. So because now she's older, she looks at him, and she looks at me, and she says, "Mama, who is this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, ah, he's some uncle who comes here now and then. Ish. He says, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> your father. He doesn't yeah. look anything like Mamokulo Malome, so he must be your father. And then she looks at me again. Didn't you say your father was dead? And he's dead. <laughs> how did how did he take it? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Mm. I, yeah. Okay, so I want and I want to move to 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 Atlene. Mm. So you in the book you you say I think that was the biggest transformation yeah. when when Atle was born. She asked questions um, about your father and and, 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 my and mom, yes. your mother. Mm. And in 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 verse. <laughs> in page in page 127 yo this thing of verses <laughs> i think it's in chapter 9 um page 127 you say something very powerful it says here my daughter made me realize so in asking these questions okay. in asking the questions about your dad and your, and, and your and your 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 your, your mother it says my daughter made me realize that my wounds never healed. They just stopped bleeding. Yes. And when I read this, my head was like, boom. <laughs> because I cannot imagine how many people continue living their lives with unhealed wounds, yes. thinking that they have healed just because the wound is not bleeding. Yeah. You had not realized the depth and the gravity of the head and the pain that was caused by being abandoned, that was caused by the kind of hurt that you, your mother was going through, the fact that your mother committed suicide and all of these things that happened, mm-hmm. growing without your parents. Your, your daughter made you realize that your wounds had not healed. They just stopped bleeding. You know, when I was still single, I had met so many people that said, you know, I knew I loved you the first time I saw you. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> How does that even happen? Because for me, before I had my own child, mm. I loved with my head, not my heart. You liked the I, I was players, trying. Yes, I, I thought that I, I, I was protecting myself from, from being had. Mm. So my, my love always started with the eyes. I, I wanted those guys. You have guys. to be cute and yes. be intellectual <laughs> yeah. i see you. i read it in yes the book. <laughs> yes for me uh, like the prerequisite you you had to be those guys when you stand at the door all the girls in the room go 
Mm. That's, those you. are the kind of guys I wanted because with those guys, there are no commitments, nothing. Mm. You know, the relationship would end. You, really, you won't realize because there are no good morning text messages or good night. It's those things like, hi, yeah, okay, sharp. For me, that wasn't it worked. So when now you become a mother, mm. you don't look at somebody and say, oh, I know this baby, I don't like her. I don't want this one. I had my love at first sight moment with, <laughs> with my daughter. <laughs> and I was thinking, what is this feeling that I'm feeling? Because it's so un unfamiliar. What is mm. this? You know, you just look at this tiny person and she looks at you and she looks like she's smiling. You're like, so she can see me. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in, in that moment, I was thinking, I thought I was okay. But mm. it, it, it looks like I, I never really took time to even acknowledge with everything that has been happening. Mm. So in that moment, I, I had to sit with myself and just redefine things that I thought I knew. And I was like, I, I, I never healed. I just get sensitive to look at more closer thing. Mm. And then I walked away like nothing happened. But now I needed to heal because I wanted to be a better mom. I wanted to be a better wife to my husband. I wanted to be a better person. So I realized in that moment, oh, you know what? I, I don't think I knew what love was before I had a child. And because I didn't know what it was, I couldn't give it Eesh. or live with it. Because, or receive it. Uh, yes, because my, my my husband, he's just one of those people. For him, it was love at first sight. Yeah, he's just the moment he saw me, he could have gone to American Suites and bought a ring. <laughs> it was just, it was done for him. Mm. I was looking at him. I was like, I'm 19. I'm not looking. I'm okay. I'm happy. But he, he never stopped. Mm. You know, when somebody wants something, just, he never stops. I met him today. The next morning, he introduced himself to my grandmother. Hey, and I'm like, what is this? What are you doing? <laughs> what if I have a boyfriend? Are you good? I was like, no, this is not how we do things. Mm -mm. I see. But yeah, for me, you know, when my daughter was born, that's when I, I could now poke holes to say, ah. So I thought I was loving people when I was doing that. Uh -uh, mm. Wrong. We read in the book about the healing process now. Mm. Um, still also in chapter nine, uh, where you, you are continuing to speak about your relationship with your daughter and how um, her asking questions made you realize that actually you had not healed. Mm. And there is this moment you are writing about of watching a movie. Yes, yes. And what that did to you. Please um, talk to us about that. Yes. I can't remember what that movie is called. It's, it's called Overcomer. Overcomer. You wrote the whole yes. book. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just telling my niece about that movie like two days ago. Mm. So I was watching this movie and there was this girl. She, she, she was running there, but she had asthma and she was raised by her grandmother. Her dad was a sportsman, so he... 
you know how sports people are most of the time mm. he had money and things so he was into drugs and he introduced the mom to drugs so she died the maternal grandmother was very protective of this asthmatic child so much so that she said to her that your father died but then the daughter learned that the father was still alive and he was in hospital he couldn't see or do anything he was just lying there on a bed she said to her grandmother are I have already lost out on so much time le papa I just want to get to know him mm. so in that moment I was thinking Kerry, you know if this child could forgive moto elongore gote he gave the drugs to the mother that killed her mm. then why can't i just let this go mm. so at that time I didn't have my father's number unfortunately. I couldn't call him to sure. say I'm looking at this movie and I'm crying and I feel like I need to forgive you. So I I I wrote a letter. I I sat there and I wrote the letter and when I was done I felt like I had you know like lifted a weight off my shoulders. I felt so light. When you you write the letter you can just without being interrupted. So mm. I wrote I wrote I wrote I wrote. But that letter I can't even read it. It's like I just wrote mm. it and it's there somewhere in the cupboard somebody will find it someday and hopefully maybe get it to him. What did it do to you writing that letter? What did it do to you? I'm in a better place now. I'm sure if my dad worked in Honan I'd probably make him coffee. Um how did your daughter take the story when the plot changed and it it, it she finds out that actually uh Umkulu is not dead. alive <laughs> i i <laughs> i did not introduce her to him like that okay because that thing of my daughter looking like my husband came in very handy for me this time even when my father saw her he couldn't link her to me to so he thought her oh, is just one of those kids who came to play even when she said i thought you said your no mm. he was i don't think he was paying attention mm. when i was talking to her because you know when you look at a child and you just can't put the two together you yeah. don't really pay that much attention yeah. so my daughter i i i said okay this guy comes here now and then yeah. fine but then i said you know what let me write this book when she's old enough mm. to no truth like the truth about her grandparents she will read for herself i don't think i'm strong enough to sit with my daughter and say look this is what this happened. is what happened oh, no yeah, she will read the book for herself, for herself. <laughs> every time that uncle comes and she's like mama i'm like yeah that's uncle comes now and then it's fine mm. <laughs> yeah no uh thank you so much i think there's a lot we can talk about Um in this book there's quite a number of themes that I found to be quite powerful in reflecting for us what happens when parents make certain decisions and choices in their lives and the impact that it has on their children not only as children but also as, as adults, adults you know yeah. looking at the fact that you had to deal with these things when you already have your own child yes you had to deal with these things when you are already a wife and and you have a husband and how long it took for you to get to a point where you find your healing i think for me that is um something that is very much important for us to see and i think it shapes 
um, us as readers to think about our own choices and the impact that it would have on the next generations, but also to think about our own experiences because um, as I'm doing this series on, on, on father-child relationships, I find that it, there's a lot of people, you know, that have those kinds of relationships. And I think it makes us question our healing. When you said that the wound, you thought the wound had healed, but it had just stopped bleeding. There's many people who have uh, father-child issues, mother-child issues that are feeling like their wound has healed just because it's not bleeding. Mm. And I think reading this book, this book makes you realize that actually there's still that part of me that I need to deal with because you, you start seeing how it affects how you relate with people. It affected how you related with your siblings. Yeah. Um, it affected how you related with even boys, you know, how you related with your husband. And I think sometimes when parents make these choices, this is something they hardly ever think about. Mm. And thank you so much, guys, for listening. I hope you were inspired by the book. Please do get it. It's quite a powerful book. It's a, a very touching and moving story, and I'm sure you'd enjoy reading it. Until next time, let's continue giving our dreams a chance.